keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And you teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Wrestle roasts on ad-free shows and ATC. Welcome, everybody, to Wrestle Roasts. We're recording a little bit earlier this week uh, because our usual recording time is Thursday evening, and I will be recording my special at Old Man Hustle Brooklyn Comedy Club, 8 and 10 p.m. Scott's going to be on the show. Adrian Iapolucci's going to be on the show. Robert's going to be in the audience, so trying to get you guys at 8. So we have not reviewed this week's Dynamite yet. We uh, have seen double or nothing and we're going to talk about that and then maybe we'll briefly you know talk about any highlights from from bra or anything you know new news wise but um yeah this is really the double or nothing review show and because of that we have our brock our favorite part-timer mike lawrence in the house who was able Did someone to say wrestle crap <laughs> it, 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 i'm surprised oh we all i mean we could talk about the saudi show too we talked about it on our patreon but we could talk about it in, in, in terms of contrasting it with this show too. But Mike, I'm interested because you really have been watching wrestling a lot. And overall, what did you think of the show? Oh, it bad. It Double real bad. Yeah. I mean, I mean, look, there's good stuff in it and it, it, it always feels, you know, um, I don't know. I, I don't know what the word is, I guess. Uh, and unfair to, blame like it's really one person's fault because you know the wrestlers put a lot of work in i mean you know it's it's multiple people's fault uh you know especially we count jericho as two people um (laughs) but you know it's mostly this one guy and um you know and he kind of sucks and uh he really knew how to start a promotion and he didn't know what to do after that and it's it's crazy, yeah, because this was, you know, this was the beginning, right? This is their first pay-per-view four years ago. We went, you know, this 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 company had so much momentum in a time where the fucking world shut down. And uh and now you look and they have my two least favorite wrestlers of all time that haven't murdered anybody. I got to do that caveat. Um, and they were both in long. Well, let me tell you something. Mike isn't saying this, but he would much rather watch a Benoit match than an Adam Cole match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, at least his short fuse is entertaining. Oh, uh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, you know, um, e- e- either way, uh, a-, a woman's getting hurt for no reason. But... Uh, <laughs> That was my my favorite thing in that match, just to say. Uh, we'll get to when we'll get um, to it, Jim Ross was like, "They're a couple. They're not married, but they're a couple." <laughs> oh, I love that. Uh, uh, Jim Ross, man, idiot. he had a couple lines. I mean, he kept talking about Jericho's big hands in that match. Um, he was he was really rough. But let's let's get to the 
to the show. Um, did anyone see the uh, pre pre show, the Hardys and Hook versus Ethan Page and the Guns? Anybody? I did. Yeah, I saw the but, Jeff oh, Hardy botch. I didn't see any of this. Uh, Robert, what did you think of this? It was, uh, you know, well, well, well belonged on the pre show. Um, this was this was not great. Uh, the Hardys were. They look. They look lost out there. I think Jeff hurt himself at some point during this match. Right. Uh, Hook is, uh, you know, Mike said there's one person to kind of blame for everything here, and it's like you you get a guy like Hook, you figure out a way to make him feel important and special, and then work twice as hard to make him feel unimportant and not very special. So it just kind of I I feel bad for a guy like that. You know, he they they had something with him. He was interesting. He was exciting. Uh, and now he's just a random dude on the pre-show. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, you know, it it really is easy to, like, goof on this show because, man, there's a lot of really bad stuff in it. But any time a performer rises above it, it's kind of impressive. So, like, I, I want to make sure at least what, what I'm, you know, giving my thoughts, I, I try to do that to be somewhat positive because it is amazing like how badly booked this show is but then there's still people that there's like people that are talented but that's always yeah been, and impress you and, and there are above. But that's always that's just wrestling you know like no matter how terrible i dude how many times like those cm punk years where there was like nothing but punk worth watching you know but we would always be like but punk's good man you know like it would be like you know, you, you have a couple of people that are like legitimately really good. Well, you, you just summed up our collision review for the next couple months. So thanks. <laughs> and a battle royale, if we're going to swerve into that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the overall, like, to, to not to fully disagree with Mike, but I think this was the first pay per view I watched. And I said it before going in, I'm like, usually the booking and the cards kind of suck, but everybody really steps it up and makes it worthwhile. Yeah, there was a lot on this show overall where it felt like a lot of guys going through the motions, and I really oh, haven't I... felt that before from an AEW pay per view. They usually are like, "All right, you're paying for it. We're going to pull out all the stops." And there's a couple matches here where the guys were really just sort of, "I'm here so I don't get fined." Yeah, there's a lot of matches where they should have pulled out and stopped. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's interesting is like it is such the work rate company and you know that's not my big thing but i can admit there's at least one great match every week on this show most of the time you know 95 percent of the time you put on dynamite you will see a great lengthy match often involving a lot of the people who didn't have great matches tonight and and you know it's the the hubris of still charging 50 dollars. like it really makes me think like Tony is just that disconnected economically from the rest of the world. It's just well, I, say I was talking to James Mattern about this last night, who was a you know if you if you followed the the uh, uh, winding trajectory of my wrestling podcast, he was one of our co-hosts here at Total F and Marks. Um, but he uh, he was he was just like you know t Tony runs he scouts for a professional soccer team he scouts for an NFL team. He and then he runs a wrestling company like it like one plus all the dates he goes on. <laughs> but what like, it's hard for one it's hard for one person to do that job like one of those jobs, let alone one guy trying to do all three. 
who I don't think, you know, I don't think Tony has been on, you know, I don't think he was on the stockroom floor before this, you know, I think he's, he's probably had a pretty, pretty easy ascension. Uh, okay, his, but uh, family's not, not to, not yeah. to, not to criticize Tony Khan, who I think is fantastic and wonderful in everything he does. Um, but no, he's not, he's not really doing those jobs in those other organizations. Uh, having worked in pro sports, like it's not, it's just because your dad owns the team. There are organizations, uh, not that I'm thinking of anybody in particular for any companies I work for, where it's like, my dad owns the team. We have to give you a title of, of okay, you're in charge of, you know, player scout. Nobody listens to that person. They know it's the owner's son. They have professionals who are there who are out actually scouting. Like Tony gets to sit in on meetings and they give him a jersey. He's not living day in and day out for the ups and downs of the Jaguars organization or the the soccer team that he oversees. Like Shad gave him AEW so he could just go play in his room and leave everybody else alone. He is not the the moving the you know heaven and earth for a the, fact, though. For the Jaguars, yes. You know this for a fact. As far as the Jaguars organization, yeah, he's he's not the the sole arbiter of what's going on there. They have a, there's layers of scouts and and depth within that organization it's not he's you know solely responsible for it day in and day out and even if he was then he should not be trying to single-handedly run a wrestling organization and fucking with these guys careers and livelihoods you can put infrastructure in place the fact that you choose not to does not make you a great leader it makes you terrible at delegating and trusting anyone but the more important question is when sabu showed up at Tony's door, did he have a giant bow? <laughs> that the fact that Tony openly talked about, you know, how excited he was that Sabu was there because he saw him wrestle Chris Jericho at an ECW house show. It's like it's clear that this is just one kid's very long birthday party for four years. And I just want him to admit it. That's yeah, really the longest episode of Super Sweet 16 ever. <laughs> he does have the vibe of one of those kids. Well, oh, very much so. Let's talk about the 21 battle uh, blackjack battle royal for the AEW International Championship held by Orange Cassidy. Uh, you know, just, just get ready because this is a whole spoiler podcast, but he won by last uh, eliminating Swerve. I have two opinions on this match. My first opinion is I. I thought that the first part of the booking, like when they were all outside the ring, I was just confused. I was like, is this a TNA battle royal? Like, what's going on? It was like, and they were, they like get fucking coverage of the goddamn moonsault. And also, a lip, uh, a, a limited Cape Sabian immediately. What, what the fuck is he doing in here? But Bruce have the match I thought was a total mess. And then uh, Swerve and Orange took over, and I was like, wow, I really like watching these guys wrestle. Wow, this Swerve's got something. I can't wait to see him on TV in three weeks from now on a Friday. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the first part of this match I I, I, I hated, but the ending, the, the last two guys I thought were great. What do you think of Scott? Um, I genuinely loved this match. Yeah. This is the first match I watched, obviously. I didn't watch the pre-show. They started the show. And yeah, I thought Swerve and, and Orange uh, killed it at the end. But I also thought Keith Lee looked great in this, which he hasn't in forever. I thought Commander looked great in it, even though he's running on the top ropes in a battle royal. Bandito looked great. Uh, Phoenix and Penta. 
I mean, there were so many guys that I thought did a great job in this match, even Brian Cage. So I thought it was a lot I mean, of I think fun. Brian did a good job, and I thought Bandito was good, dude. I just, you know, again, like you just said it with the commander on, it's just like, I don't want to say it looks fake, but when you're doing, the whole thing is to, you know, like, you know, throw somebody off the top rope. It's like, they only have a couple spots of those in the Rumble, and this was just like, this just felt like everybody trying to get their shit in rather than it being like a, a match with a point, you know? Sure, sure. Yeah. But, but, but the I, last yeah, I genuinely great. enjoyed it. And that ending, I thought that was just awesome. The way he yeah. eliminated a Swerve was so cool and so That good. was great. I, I, yeah. I thought that that was, I mean, they did, I mean, you know, he's a great wrestler. Or both of those guys are great. Uh, Robert, what do you think of this battle royal? Uh, I think I was texting about this with Mike. They, this battle royal really reminds you that there's they need to just cut a lot of this roster. Because there's a lot of guys on here who, they're not bad guys. They just don't belong on a, on a company like this and taking spots on a on a pay per view. You could have probably done a fatal four way with four of the best guys in this match, and it would have worked out perfectly. You could have had Orange and Swerve and Bandito and you already have a fatal four way. Pick somebody else. I'm just saying you could have done something without you don't need like the butcher and blade and kip say it all they all feel like adult versions of make a wishes and the the ending was was excellent once it kind of pared down to the last several guys uh and swerve was doing all this on his own he started on his own twitter account the whole like i should be the the champion for this it's not like the company is getting behind or following any of this or that him and keith lee are still having a feud that doesn't seem to exist anywhere on actual TV. Uh, the the strangest thing of all of this is, and maybe it's shame on me because I was listening to Scott. I'm like, you got this, you got Jay White. Show me what the fuck Jay White can do. Instead, he was just a dude in a battle royal who got eliminated by Ricky Starks. That to me is the strangest thing about this entire battle royal that you have a guy who is supposed to be a top tier main event once in a generation star and he's one step above Kip Sabian in a wrestling match. Yeah, but they brought in another hot heel and they already have a hot heel, you know, so it's you know, I think just you know, Tony's just collecting. But Mike, what do you think about this opening match? Yeah, I mean I I um I agree with the Jay White stuff of like I mean the problem with a lot of these guys is and look, like I, I'm I'm gonna do something I've never done and make a comic book analogy, but um, you know, but it's like when I go see a comic book movie and they bring a character from the comics, like they have to be good in that movie or it doesn't matter. Like yeah. they they have to earn the you know enjoyment of the audience, and it's like you they have so many people here and so many names like Bullet Club and shit like that that Bullet Club Gold, Mike. Yeah, yeah, it uh, don't mean anything within the context of the show I'm watching. And, you know, it's like, I think that Jay White is a very talented guy. He could probably do some interesting shit. He has not done any of it on this program. And, you know, at, at a certain point, it's you got to think, like, how much fucking money was spent on this guy to do this? It What a waste. And... And I think that um, I would have rather watched a Orange Cassidy versus Swerve match on this pay-per-view than have all of these guys look worse than they actually are. They I don't think it really helped most of them by this being 
where they are in the card. And I think even opening with this wasn't good because it showed how many not over people that should be over in this company. I don't know. It kind of started to show on a sour note for me of like the wasted potential of the amount of like great people that, that I mean, yeah, just the fucking Lucha brothers, man. And, and they just don't feel that different than other people. I mean, I know JR made the comment of how they're all related, which is not good. <laughs> And that's you know not a not a not a not a smart, yeah. Let's just bring. Uh, can we just talk about Jr. the whole night? What is Tony's rationale of like? All right, let me take this guy off of TV for like a month or two, and then expect him to be somehow better if he works once a month with a product that you know he's passively watching at best. And then for he, half the show, it's also for yeah. half the show. And 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 the thing the thing is. Him and Tony Shivani are kind of a redundancy in terms of what they provide. And Tony's but I think better Shivani, at it at this point. What's that? Tony's better at it at this point. Absolutely. That's what I was gonna say. Tony's so much better. And and I think, I mean, I've I've said this a while now. I, I really wish they would get rid of Excalibur. I think he sucks. And you need someone to do uh play by play. I just don't believe anything he says. He has zero credibility. I mean I was watching uh, the Saudi show this weekend with Corey Graves, like setting the table for that main event. And he did such a better job of explaining the history and Alpha and Sika in a simple, relatable way, as opposed to the info dumps of Excalibur. I don't know. He was, he was talking too slow. At no point did he talk about that time that Sika showed up at a PWG show. I, I felt very disconnected yeah. by what Corey Graves was saying. Um, but no, Jim Ross, it was perfect for this battle Royal because like a lot of the people in the battle Royal, like Tony is so afraid of confrontation. He just won't fire Jim Ross in the same way. He won't fire a lot of the guys on this roster who do you, they're nice guys, but like, do you really need Chuck Taylor on the roster? Do you need, uh, the Tony niece on the roster? Uh, do you need, uh, Los Ingranables? Like most of those guys, I get Roosh is talented but it's like you don't need his whole menagerie you don't need the dark order he's just got people that are there that he's too polite to get rid of and jim ross bless his heart doesn't have it anymore and it's it's diminishing returns when he's out there no and just, just the amount of this this match really showed how many redundant managers they have that don't provide anything that have never cut a good promo that are just goofy characters that are all doing an imitation of 80s wrestling managers but don't have the Heenan and Mike skills don't even have the fucking Jimmy Hart jackets like these guys all suck I I want to like Stokely show me the good promo he hasn't cut one yet he was good in NXT <laughs> he was yeah, but he hasn't been good here no, no, yeah, I mean, I just don't, I think that the creative is, I'm sure the stuff that he's pitching isn't, you know, not getting in, it's a one-man band over there. Um, and then what, what is a Prince Nana? Yeah, I don't, none of your business. Uh, yeah, I love it that, like, this guy's, like, he won't hear anyone's creative, right, new creative, but any of, like, any old shitty Ring of Honor creative, like Prince Nana, he's totally fine using that. Like I'm like what what, what what where's the line, bro? Yeah, Adam Cole versus Chris Jericho. He uh, snorted it. 
Uh, yeah, Chris. It it, it 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 appears in the grays of Mark Sterling's hair. Yeah, it's uh, this match was not good. It was probably my least favorite match of the night. Um, I don't think this really did anything for either of these guys. Um, am I being too harsh here, Scott? You know, I don't think you are. Uh, I love how Sabu left immediately. It was so pointless. You almost could have had him get a major pop by having his music hit in the first two minutes of the match and have him run away those guys. Um, yeah, he was absolutely pointless. He hurt the match. The fact that it is an unsanctioned match and you end it that way is... Uh, real shit man i don't know how you don't realize that ending it by lack of interest that was a that was a pretty solid finish jericho just <laughs> fell asleep yeah i mean and you know it's like that ending is obviously if, if someone doesn't have an issue with it i don't know there, there's an error it's like that don't have that match stipulation if you're gonna have that match ending and yeah, so it yeah, kind of sure. shit the bed with that match stipulation, um, especially when you have an anarchy in in the arena match, especially when every match was kind of like this. It was like no rules, you know? Yeah, there it was either a title or it was gimmicked, the whole match. Or yeah, so don't do a stoppage in a match where, like, the, the ref is fucking irrelevant anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I just dumb, dumb, and the match wasn't good up until that. Like, it, no, it, really, wasn't good. it was like the first few minutes were good, and then it quickly kind of didn't, you know. Also, they, the, the crowd was like behind Jericho, which had oh, they, they like, that was a pro, it was a pro Jericho crowd, it was an apathetic, yeah, culture. man. I didn't like the crowd uh, uh, a lot of this show in, 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 in who they were cheering for, um. But cheering for Jericho like that, just duty, duty, duty. Yeah, it wasn't. Well, don't do a pay-per-view in Vegas. Tonight, by the way, this was my least favorite match. You can't do a pay-per-view in Vegas at MGM Grand. Uh, you can do it at the, the T-Mobile Arena that's there. But this was a papered show. I think we all saw the – there was like that one restaurant that was advertising. You buy like a oh, burger no, that's there. Fake. That, that's fake. Oh, it's fake. Well, regardless, of that was fake. I sent you guys – you guys saw hey, the pictures. To, of what... Guys, welcome to news in 2023, by the way. It's just going to be all that. Oh, wait. No, no. It doesn't that even matter bad. what that is. But if you saw the pictures of the, the – uh, I think I sent you like an Orange Cassidy one in the Battle Royal – to an empty side of the arena, like the hard can. Yeah, but there was, there was one just side no one that was there. like, yeah, but Robert, was one side, the production side, like that they weren't like they, it was misleading in some photos, right? Because they did show an area that was going to be blacked off no matter what, right? That's Robert, not, no, that's not Robert, usually Robert, how they lay, but what? Can I correct you on something? You said they should have done this at the MGM Grand. They should have done it at the T-Mobile Arena. That that's where they did it. I thought this was at the. They should have did it on GM Grand. I thought this was at the MGM uh, Garden. No, this was, that was at where the Dynamite Arena. was. Oh, no, well, then never mind. Then this is fucking garbage anyway. Well, <laughs> then this crowd did not give a. This crowd was not there giving a fuck about AEW. Uh, as they were, I mean, they were cheering for Jericho because it's. Hey, yes. I remember that guy from twenty years ago. I want to cheer for him. You have no reason to cheer for Adam Cole. Uh, this hurt Cole significantly because it seemed like they were setting him up to be the guy that was going to go after uh, Max's title next. And I don't see how you could possibly do that after this match. Well, no, he, it, and this is the issue with Jericho is he needs to get like four matches out of a feud. And usually the first one is the only good one. So now we're in a weird situation where the first one was bad. 
Yeah. Also, let, me, really let me just say to it. I don't I don't think we should be blaming the crowd. If you want to see someone do that, go to Brooklyn Comedy Club June 1st. <laughs> 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 but no, I I think that that's so unfair, man, because they've been in Vegas, the crowds have been fucking hype. They didn't get a good product. Like no, we, they, had, they had nothing there was nothing compelling but, here. But, but people People are criticizing the AEW crowds the most this year. That's not a fucking coincidence. It's no, Mike's true. You it's know, so it's like you, you, you know who was fucking hyped for uh, AEW for a long time? Jacksonville. You know who has never laughed at a Mike Lawrence joke? Jacksonville. Um, <laughs> well, that's not fair. It's not just Jacksonville, but. <laughs> There's plenty of I just had to get your, bombed in. I just had to set you up for one back at me, so I felt okay doing the one on you. <laughs> but, but this is such a larger failure for them because Adam Cole has been one of the centerpieces of their reality show, and that seems to have flamed out and didn't. Would, build would a you say he's story. a centerpiece in the same way a tiny man on a wedding cake? <laughs> <laughs> this is a real joke Mike wants to make. Um. Yeah, I, it just just was this was just trash. This match is really bad. And and you really, you can't I mean, use. Oh, sorry, I was gonna say you can't use fire extinguishers in a serious match anymore. It, it's such a comedy spot. And it really this, is. And this was the guy who was like, "You ordered my wife to be held down and beaten in front of me. She had a black eye. You you ruined my life. I'm gonna kill you." And then we just have a bunch of wacky moments in here when. I'm pretty sure Roderick Strong got a better goofy match out of Jericho on free TV. Oh, that Roderick Strong Jericho match is way better than this. If only because that was where they did the announcement of uh, superstar Billy Graham dying while they're like smashing ice cream in each other's face. Uh, dip and dot, sir. I mean, I mean, the crazy thing though too is that like I I I, I promise that I'm not doing it. I am not spoiling Succession. I'm just making a point, and I'm not. I will not give spoilers. Don't worry, but. Succession had less time to build from their premiere to their finale than this show did, you know, like between the pay-per-views and the stories just aren't there, man. Like, remember the reason these guys started a feud was because Jericho was mad that there was ticker tape and a Danny Garcia match. (laughs) Like you, you, you had faulty foundations to begin with. Like, you know, you just watch something like Succession or, or a lot of other shows, and you're like, oh, it's not hard to tell a good story. It's just there was none here. I think that they – I just wish that Tony would look at the fact that, like, the reason that England was such a huge success uh, is because they've never been there before, and also because it's the first time they've been there. So now every single AEW fan who's been watching it from the beginning, and AEW had a couple really great years. So they're like, oh, finally we get to see AEW. But like the 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 markets that have had AEW, the American markets, especially these new collision markets, like all of this, the attendance is just dying on the vine um, because, you know, you don't have any stories going right now. I, you know, it's it's like I, I, I talked about it. Maybe we'll talk about this a little bit more at the end of this episode. But like I talked about, like how the bloodline kept the story interesting for these two months, which I, I it's a real testament to the creative because. I thought after the Sammy stuff, it would be it would be kind of over. Um, but you know, they made a very compelling main event, and 
you know, like Tony is, it just seems like he's unable to, you know, like, like you look at the elite and the hang, you know, the elite stuff. And it's, it's like, he kind of just loses the thread of a story over time. He doesn't see, he doesn't see the payoff ever. No. And he doesn't look from one match to the next. Like, how are these different? You look at like the first, I think what, four or five matches here. They all have like run-ins and shit. Like they all start to like blur together. Well, I mean, Dan kind of inadvertently said it before. Like th- this felt like TNA. I think the uh, the the battle royal felt very TNA like, where you have a bunch of great talented wrestlers where you're not doing anything with them, and then here it's this story that's relying on guys who've accomplished things elsewhere with yeah. a bunch of nonsensical run-ins involving. Hey, let's bring out Sabu. That to me, that was the weirdest thing that they still have not found a justification as to why Sabu had anything well, to do I, with I anything think, there. Well, the thing is, they can't even continue it now because then all the tweets of his, like, now that's giving him, you know, like if you consider, like, t- Tony Khan banned Hulk Hogan from events. Like, they, you, and let, they won't let the Briscoes be on. Yeah, have you seen the Sabu tweets? I mean, holy shit, you know. <laughs> but look, this company is nothing like TNA. Dan, Dan, can you say what the next match was? <laughs> <laughs> FTR, thank you, Mike. Seamless transition. FTR uh, versus Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Uh, a tag team match for the AEW World Tag Team Championship. My big note for this match is this Karen almost eat shit in the middle of this match. She like really almost like really almost false face first. Uh, this match had just every single hillbilly tag NWA trick that you're going to have. You know, it was fine. It was fun. We all kind of knew, you know, like Jeff Jarrett knows enough at this point. He just is like every single match. He just uses every single trick to, to get everybody over. And, you know, to be fair, like I preferred this match over Adam Cole and Chris Jericho because I at least knew what this was, but you know, I, it doesn't really do anything for the tag titles. What do you think of this, Scott? Yeah, look, genuine. Like there were some fun tag team wrestling spots in this match. Jarrett does his job very well. Unfortunately, it's like a job I don't really want to like uh, pay for, you know? Yeah, I think it's like a thing I don't want done, whatever that job is he's doing, but he does it great. And I mean, I think I thought Jay Lethal was great in this match. All four guys were great. Even Mark was great. But when it's over, you're just like, damn, that was for the tag title. This, yeah, that's you my know, was the second away, most yeah. important title in the company for a long time. Uh, and at any moment, it can be the most important, especially with those two guys. And so, you know, you scratch your head and you're glad it's over and you hope to God they get, you know, a different feud. But it looks, you know, immediately after this, uh, Jay White and Juice are attacking Ricky and then FTR save save him. So it looks like we're going to get a trios match uh, at Forbidden Door with with them and Ricky versus Jay White. Right. And uh, but and then Juice, what Juice and then, but isn't Gold Club Gold? Isn't aren't they the only Gold Club Gold members? Like, yeah, I guess they'll Af- miss Black and White, like yeah. Finley and all those guys hate him, right? And Tom, yeah, but, so uh, maybe Tom LP because he quit that version of Bullet Club. I don't know, I, I just don't know, man. Yep, 
Um, anything yeah, the only on? bullet club I care about in wrestling was led by Fritz von Erich. <laughs> oh my god, Mike, what do you think of this match? Ah, uh, you know, I mean, I like my eyes cannot stare at the screen when Jeff Jarrett is on. Um, I mean, he's you know, he's he looks great for his age. I mean, that's I mean, crazy. Yeah, but it's also the greatest tag team in the world takes 19 minutes to beat a 55 year old guy. Like, and he looks old. He, he looks like a fucking grandpa chicken. Like it just, <laughs> it, it just doesn't work, man. And then it's also, you had such a fucking layup in Jay lethal and Mark Briscoe being a tag team after that tribute match. Yeah. And like, what a beautiful thing that was. Like you could have just fucking run with that. Just having, like, the waste of Briscoe here, I mean, you know, having him lose to Samoa Joe and Ring of Honor and all that, this guy was so embraced and 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 beloved at the beginning of the year, and now he's a fucking special ref? What a waste. Well, he's with the last outlaw, outlaw now. <laughs> all right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I, think, I, I just think it's strange. He, this would have been fine if this was the main event of Rampage. You're going to, you know, do, do this match. It's got a black Bristol. eye in it, so it could be. That is true. It's got a black eye and it's got a storyline no one cares about. That's pretty much all you need for Rampage. But we wasted, like, we waited so long for FTR to come back. You know, it's like they were out for several months. You wanted their return to be special. They've won the tag titles. It doesn't seem to mean anything. Everyone knew what the finish this was going to be. And if it went the other way, we would have been infinitely more pissed, which is not a great thing for this kind of uh, story. And like it goes, what we said at the beginning, it's, if you're going to put together a, a lackluster card, you want the guys on it to at least be able to shine. This did not give FTR a chance to really deliver a great pay-per-view quality match. They got the best out of what it was. And you don't need Jarrett in this company because you have a lot of talented wrestlers. Jarrett could find a home in an impact or or even like Ring of Honor, like somewhere where his shtick can at least pop the crowd. You don't need that for this type of audience. And it just detracts from you trying to say we're doing something bold and different and trust our roster. And you're relying on Jarrett to actually deliver in the ring as a credible threat for the tag titles. And if he's not a credible threat, why is this on a pay-per-view are you charging someone 50 bucks for? Well, let's move on to the next show. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, not the next show. Oh. Let's move on to the next match with another blast from the past. It's Christian Cage versus Wardlow, a ladder <laughs> match for the AEW TNT Championship. Uh, Wardlow wins. The highlight of this match, obviously, Arn Anderson Biting Luchasaurus's fingers, trying to bite them off. Um, everything else I can't remember. I cannot remember one other moment about this. Wardlow Swanton bomb off the. Off oh, that the yeah, that was big. Yeah, but I, I still I just remember the biting. That's it. Yeah, you know what I remember about the biting, and I enjoy the biting spot. It's a good time. It's it's very funny. It's very cool of Arn, but then they you know they cut to Arn out of the ring and whatever blow. Blood capsule bit is just like all over his face now. <laughs> but you know, man, they tried. I said this match should have been Luchasaurus and Wardlow anyway. 
Uh, those were my favorite moments was when Wardlow had to take out Luchasaurus, which was when he did the Swanton off the top. Yeah. Uh, but again, man, this crowd, you know, having their moments where they're cheering Christian and not Wardlow. Um, but other than that, yeah, man, it's like none of us were looking forward to this match. And it, it you know, a match like this, it's just a glaring reminder of like, oh, no, we could be doing so much better. Mike, what did you think about this, and specifically the art spot? I mean, that was the moment I texted, hey, guys, can I do the podcast this week? <laughs> <laughs> I fucking loved it, man. This is, that, that was like a why I'll still always be a wrestling fan moment. Like, yeah. him just hunched, and you thought, like, he was going to do, like, a spine buster, or they were saying, like, a DDT, and did just, and it's like fucking strawberry jam comes out. <laughs> it was it was i mean yeah i love like this version of dementia i i wish i wish my grandma got to die this way it was so fucking hilarious and, and goofy um it's yeah it's like a fucking old fat like guy who looks like he sticks his dick in the bowling ball before he hmm? leaves for the alley and then uh <laughs> Biting a dinosaur's hand. <laughs> like, so silly. Um, and then, you know, fucking Christian looking even rattier than than Adam Cole with the with the outfit and everything. Um not smaller, but just like guy who just showed up out of nowhere. I mean, I, I feel like Tommy Dreamer was doing a lot of wardrobe this night. But well, it's, know, it's that, definitely like older guy protecting their physique. Yeah, that, uh, yeah, he should talk to Jericho more. That, uh, fucking, um, the way they did that powerbomb at the end was a cool spot. Oh, he just caught him and slammed him. Yeah, no, that was, that was a cool spot. Now I remember that. I remember the swanton. But yeah, I mean, this is one of those, you just, you just look at these match times and you feel them when you're watching and it's just, yeah, it, it doesn't feel like this really helped Warlow. And I agree. Um, I think a six-minute even Wardlow Luchasaurus um, hoss fight would have meant more. You didn't, yeah. The latter, like you didn't need more plunder when yeah. you have the anarchy in the like anarchy in the arena. Like you know, and I'm not gonna talk about that much because I know we're going to, but you don't need any other unsanctioned or like you're getting all of it in one match at the fucking end. <laughs> Which which turns into like five different matches, you know. Exactly. Um. All right. Next, uh, Robert. Any uh, thoughts on this? Uh, as funny as it was to watch Arn bite a dinosaur, um, you spend all this time now keeping Luchasaurus off TV so that he, when he returns as this monstrous cane-like figure, you forget all the goofy shit from before, and then you kind of undo it all by ha having that moment. I don't think this necessarily helped Wardlow in any way, shape or form. And he's been floundering for a while and he is a really talented guy who should be someone they're building going forward. And instead he's starting to feel like they're carrying cross. Yeah. And what happened to Hobbs? Hobbs and QT are they're game planning and they're going to turn it around and it's going to change the industry. Poor Hobbs. Tony Storm uh, went against Jamie Hader. This was more of an angle than a match. Jamie obviously couldn't work um, because of uh, because of injury. 
Tony won. I mean, I think this should have been Soraya, but, you know, just because it's more of a headline grabbing thing and you don't want to do Soraya and Tony Storm anytime soon. Um, and you could at least have the story of, oh, Soraya came back from, you know, almost killing herself and now she's AEW champ, but they didn't, they're not telling that story. So, um, yeah, not, nothing to add. Anybody, any, anybody just step in on this one. I don't need to go to everybody on it. Yeah, no, an angle. Um, Tony won. She is good. Uh, I don't know where the division goes. I don't know if Tony knows. I don't know if he ever knew, you know, but. um, Goes to 930. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's things about the division I'm excited uh, for, but I can't say anyone involved in this match is is one of them. I mean, I like Jamie a lot, but, I, I, you know, I, I don't know what's I don't really know. The whole outcast stable is kind of like. What is this, you know? Yeah. You get a big match on Wednesday, which I guess everybody saw already. But, yeah. Which I think should have been the match on this show instead of, you know, the Adam Cole thing. And even instead of this. I this agree, this actually. Yeah, make it a yeah. mixed tag match. That would have been a way better. That would have been done better for everybody involved. Yeah, uh, except Sabu. Except for Sabu, no. House of Black, Malachi Black, Brody King, and Buddy Matthews versus the acclaimed Anthony Bones and Mass Caster and Billy Gunn. Look, I like the stuff they're trying to do with, with House of Black. You know, like they give like the other team one stipulation. I think that's kind of like a cool, cool thing to do. I just don't think stop fucking lighting the ring, dude. Like we've seen it with the Fiend matches. We've seen it um, you know, when Sin Cara used to wrestle. It's just it just doesn't like, you know, like it, wrestling's in that weird spot, right? Where you don't want to like, you know, you want to do different things with it, but you don't want to do, you don't want to change it so much. So it's not wrestling anymore. And it, it just feels like whenever they like light up a, an arena like that, it just doesn't feel like wrestling. Am I, is this like a weird, like, like just yeah, like it's, a, it's the thing that's not broke that you don't need to fix like yeah yeah i think that that's i understand you like you want to make guys look different and everything like that but you do that through their wrestling and, and through their entrances and promos you don't do that by changing the the entire landscape and i think i mean it, it aesthetically doesn't look great on tv and it probably looks even worse live of just trying to see the match yeah it's just i mean the I match they don't even notice i i it's one of those things Things where they're just sitting there in a darker room and they don't get to see what it looks like. Yeah. Well, for uh, at home, I just don't know what it did to help anybody. I thought the acclaimed rap was really fun up front. It looks cool in pictures to me. I think it looks really cool in still shots. Um, yeah, the acclaimed rap was fun. Again, there was some moments, right? Um, what was it? Bowens and uh, Alistair sitting cross-legged at each other and him doing the scissor yeah, me thing. Fun. Yeah, Billy Gunn did a sweet fame asser. You know, there were moments, but again, you're this is a match that could have been a feud for the last month and kept up with giving a shit about a division at all or a title, you know? No, and, instead they kind of like put um they put the acclaim with the Jericho Appreciation Society for a little bit and made that like a mini thing. Yeah, just yeah. There should have been a little more focus on this instead of a surprise, especially when we all knew it was going to be the surprise anyway. So I don't know. We could have had fun with it. 
They push these guys to the side for Jeff Jarrett. Do you see what the problem is now? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, dude, that rap, the 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 Dominic line was fantastic. Um it was it was funny. That Dominic uh, line was great. That's just as much as they should be doing as far as selling the other company, by the way. Oh, absolutely. No, yeah. The, no, it, no more of this fucking like because they've been going too much into like WWE war lately. But like that, that's the perfect amount. Just yeah, that. and if it's one character doing it, and that's his thing of like yeah. bringing up and any type of reference. Korea, I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I thought it was great. I, it was hilarious that showing you know um, was it Brody King breaking character <laughs> in the serious makeup, and then then I love that he did a joke about Malachi Black wearing blackface, and just knowing that a guy in John Moxley's band backstage was putting more black on his face. <laughs> uh, well, you know, it's interesting. They didn't cut to black during that. Cause they're like, there's no real good reaction. You could have to that show. <laughs> no, but they cut Jim Ross's mic. Uh, and then also yeah. it seemed like it was funny. Cause like he ended on, you know, he did that Dominic line and it got like the massive pop. And then he did like another verse for no reason. <laughs> I, I wish it had gone longer. I mean, I was so at that point starved for just something fun on the show. I could have, I could have yeah. done a three minute song from him. Yeah. And it also, I mean, I, you know, I, I brought it up before, like just the mismanagement of these guys. They're not in the video game. The, the acclaimed are not in the fight forever game, which is fucking insane to me. You think, uh, you think because they're working on a, a, a rap for each opponent? <laughs> yes, they're doing Parappa the rapper. Hey man, I I hear the gameplay is really fun. I said uh, I I was on our our buddy Nick Houseman's podcast today, and he was saying the the gameplay is fun, and and he has no reason to compliment. So, um, all right, Jade Cargill versus Taya Valkyrie, which then turns into Chris Statlander versus Jade Cargill. Uh, Chris Wander breaks Jade Cargill's long undefeated streak. Uh, it was definitely moment of the night. You know, it wasn't match of the night, but it was moment of the night because it was, you know, somebody homegrown who beats another homegrown person and it means something. And that's a huge accomplishment. And it's an accomplishment to Jade. And, you know, I know a lot of the matches haven't been great, but the presentation's been good enough where that felt like it meant something. The only thing that I was just confused about was like, why is. Like I was like, first I was like, wait, is there like, was there like some sort of money in the bank stipulation thing that Chris got that I didn't know about, but then it was just Mark just gives her a match and is, is Jade okay with that? That it, it just seemed kind of rushed. And I know, I know they've had this plan for like a month. So it, it, it's, it's like, why would you do it that way? That was kind of my question. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, Taya, Taya's a place in that company for sure. What do you think of this match, Scott? Uh yeah, I think you're right. Ty does have a place. I thought the match was decent. I mean, was it Jade's best match? It might have been, right? It might. Have. That's what I was uh, thinking. Like I was like, she got Ty has gotten like one of the better, if not the best, match out of Jade. Yeah, yeah. And then you know the ending. I know Mike has an issue with it. I saw him post it on the uh the the WrestleRoast Facebook group. Uh, I like how how it ended because Jade had to lose at some point. Uh, she did lose by having to have two matches and she lost because of uh you know uh 
ego and shit, right? And and Mark Sterling being like, oh, we do, you know, this is what we do. We'll challenge anybody. And so she can blame him and she can say it's because of a second match, but it wasn't her saying it. And uh, and it doesn't make Statlander look weak because, again, these are arrogant people uh, challenging someone. And so arrogant people deserve their comeuppance. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I you know, like, look, man, I'm not going to argue with the fact that, like, the crowd popped the way oh, it was. Oh, and crazy. And, and Statlander, I mean, we all know she's over, but she's also very good in the ring. And we all actively saw her do that, like, get better. And but she also so you know she is capable thing. of like learning and growing, and she's good shit, man. Yeah, I, think I was she actually doesn't. hoping for like more maybe original music, uh, just because Orange gets it, you know. Yeah, well, maybe he used up uh, all the uh, licensing piggy bank money up. Um, Robert, what do you think of this match? Uh, this was terrible booking. Uh, really oddly played out uh you 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 had story on top of story on top of story the whole thing was that taya is now allowed to do the finishing move that she wasn't allowed to do before so your drama of the match was all right if she hits this move is is jade gonna kick out jade's supposed to be the heel she comes down to the ring with her sorority doing like the step dance thing so the crowd's all behind jade cargill and they're they're cheering for her, and rightfully so. It was an entertaining presentation. It's not how you're supposed to present the heel, who's now working at a, at a detriment. Right. Taya now looks kind of weak because they had a back-and-forth match, and Jade was, like, totally fine right after the match. Like, she was fresh as a daisy, and, like, I, that was really easy. You do that when you beat, like, a nobody and then throw out the open shot. This should have been a segment on Dynamite. She should have won this got her 60th win they do the celebration on dynamite we're doing our 60 win celebration they have her beat some nobody and then that's when you do the whole i can beat anybody and then oh my god here comes chris statlander and chris statlander beats her that's how you hoist somebody by real hubris not she just had a ruling match against a legitimate opponent and chris you know beats her in in less than a minute it it you don't get a lot of mileage out of that and Remember, only a fraction of your audience is yeah, watching like, the pay-per-view. Big E, like, cashed in on Lashley, and, like, Lashley was, like, limping from an attack. You're like, this yeah. is like a babyface way to do this. But again, only oh. a fraction of your audience watches the pay-per-view. You want to give Chris Statlander that big moment, do it on Dynamite, where you have a larger audience. I think Statlander is fantastic, and her beating Jade is a great moment. But you didn't need it on this pay-per-view. Well, what we did, I would argue you, you did because it was like one of three great moments, you know. Well, that's that's more uh condemnation of Tony's booking than anything sure, else. Sure, I mean, I was I was glad to watch it just because there was so I really wasn't in a lot on the show, and I was like, all right, well, this is something. Oh, and the worst I is actually Jade, think Jade's... this is the start of a different show, and 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 I think it started here. Yeah, what kind of stinks this is man. Jade is getting better, and now I'm seeing that she's supposedly guess, taking some time off. Like, yeah, well, she she needs, going, she, she's been going pretty hard, I think. She needs more, yeah, but she needs more reps, not less. I think she's, I think she's good. I think that you, you can build on. She looks great. She's someone you can, if you can get her there in the ring, she's somebody you can, you can get behind going forward. It may ever come back and just kill whoever the women's champion is. You know, she's standing with the right earth. She's standing with the right earth. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> 
I I thought that like yeah my my thought on this yeah having babyface Chris come out after the heel had a match was weird but I I I actually of all the things you guys have said I agreed with you the most Dan of like yeah milking this more it didn't it didn't come off like a comeuppance which is what it should have been like she just like she just needed to even have the microphone and say I'll take on someone else because remember. It wasn't in Canada, I think. She beat like some jabroni and was like, I'll I'll take on a challenger. And it was Taya Valkyrie. Yeah. And but then they were like, but we're not gonna have the match right now. We're gonna have the match later. So there was never this like you know, you're you never trained your audience to think another you know, a match could happen so quickly again. So you've already trained them to know that they wait for these things. And then just to do it like this, where it was rushed, I, I feel, yeah, even if, like, I, I mean, I do not like Mark Sterling. I, I don't like anyone who is on a wrestling show that has less charisma than me or the three people I talk about wrestling with. Um, and, 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 but even he could have, like, said, like, you know, we'll take on anyone, but it's like... It's also the whole thing of cleaning out the division. She didn't really, because there were still like, like Soraya never wrestled her, you know, like did maybe Jamie Hayter did, but like a lot of the women never even went near the TBS title because it's always been seen as a secondary belt. And Jade herself with 60 fucking wins never went after the main women's belt. Well, yeah, but now she gets to, Without looking foolish, you know, because again, she lost because of uh, hubris. But it just it, it didn't like that. <laughs> like was Scott story. learned a word, now he's just going to start using it. <laughs> but but yeah, but but that was the story they were telling us, Scott. But that was not what they were showing us. That's what I saw. But where where was the moment where she said, "I'll take on anyone"? Mark Sterling did it, and then she stood there and went, "Come on." That part when he got on the mic and said it, yeah. I like how Scott's like turns off Mark Sterling. I also like when Scott's like, and now here's when the show turn and started getting better. There's two matches left, and it's the only two main events. Yeah, but they were long. Yes, they were long. Did they? Did they say this show was going to have a double main event before? No, I don't remember them saying that. That was hilarious. That they so funny, dude. Dude, did you did you guys like read or see Tony's explanation? No, no. What do you say? Oh my God! It's. I mean, I feel like I, I, sh- I should read it, but I, I don't want to take up that much time. But basically, it's like, well, you know, we, we've had, um, you know, the, the, the stadium stampede, and we had an anarchy at the arena. So, so you know, and last year we did have a singles match at Double or Nothing as the main event, but we wanted to go back to having the multi man. <laughs> he just keeps oh, going. God. I like, I like uh, Max's excuse which was i don't want to have to wrestle in wheeler yuda's blood <laughs> yeah i love that like that oh. that fucking works and, and i we said in the preview show it should be anarchy in the arena should have finished it because the idea is that these guys are going to destroy the building so yeah, if you're you gonna destroy- unsan- the only problem is you already have an unsanctioned match which is that's that the lights out is that different than the lights out match I no, I think it's the same. Th- yeah, but it, it's the unsanctioned match was just fucking terrible. The idea they're, of the anarchy, a bunch of guys yeah, fighting uh, is. Don't the unsanctioned matches aren't they like supposed to end every show if they're unsanctioned? Yeah, like, yeah but not if they have yeah. a contract signing first. 
<laughs> the the unsanctioned match was a TV off match. Uh, well, MJF went time. against Sammy Darby Allen and Jungle Boy. Uh, I think this was probably the best match from beginning to end, just as far as work rate is concerned. Um, but you know, the whole match was like a it was a foregone conclusion, right? We all knew MJF was going to win. We knew that like there wasn't even a chance of like a surprise. It wasn't like MJF's nine months in, and it's like, well, what if we put the title on Darby for a week and then bring it back because MJF hasn't even you know accrued that much goodwill yet. So um, I, I'm I, I think at the end of this match too, I was really grateful. I'm like, all right, thank God this is not going to be a like a complete fucking Hiroshima segment on TV for the next couple of months, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah that's next month when rough. they build Forbidden Door. Yeah, <laughs> it has been it has been rough, man. I mean, this this, you know, like we we were talking about how bad the MJF uh, Daniel Bryan feud was, and then they had this amazing match, and you kind of forgot it was such a great match that I remember match was so good that you kind of forgot about like some of the uh, you know like the some of the misses within their feud but this wasn't the vehicular what, homicides yeah. yeah there was nothing this match could have done to make us forget about the misses during this feud like and i i don't know even if they had, they had the best four-way of all time which which they didn't uh i don't think that we would have been able to still get over some of the some of the potholes that have been uh what did you think of this scott Loved this match. Uh, yeah, I was just absolutely crazy about it start to finish. Really, really fun moments. I liked when everybody did their like mentors moves and MJF yeah. hit the crossroads. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just thought there were some awesome, awesome spots in it. Did it do anything for anybody? No. Um, do most matches do anything for anybody? Not anymore. But goddamn, I loved it. I mean, this was this might have been the best four, four way I've ever seen. I'm serious. Like, can you name a better four way? I mean, yeah, I don't know. Man, I I I actually thought the SummerSlam one between all the big guys, Brock, Roman, Joe, and Braun, was better than this, just because it was more of like a spectacle. And uh, they've had some really good four ways, man, before. But I, I I don't know. Maybe maybe it's like one of the best. Yeah, I love this thing. I, I I was just an absolute fan. And, and this was the moment where you get to sit there and enjoy, like, you know, four homegrown talent really showing people their stars. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, it should be for, you know, a secondary title and uh, a better feud. Yes, yeah, sir. I agree. Um, What did you think of this match, uh, Michael? Yeah, I thought this was really well done, you know. Um, yeah, and I, I agree. The build for that uh, MJF uh, Brian Davidson match like wasn't great, but the fact that Brian Davidson spent so many months selling it afterwards really helped. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but no, I thought that this was look like look a pillar is supposed to support other things. That's why it didn't go last. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that um I I I yeah, I don't know if it's the best four-way ever. I've I've seen just as compelling ones on Pornhub, but like but <laughs> I think that what I loved about it was they didn't do the resting thing as much as they often do. Where it's just, you know, well, these boys get knocked out, brother. For... I mean, all the, all four of these kids can go. So, and they and they kept going, and I thought that 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 really helped it. 
of how involved it was. I love the finish, the the side headlock, and all of that. And you know, MJF just outsmarting. Like you know, he's he's cheating to win, but he's doing it in not just an evil way. Like there's an intelligence behind it. Um, you know, and I think a lot of times, like, but especially does heels being heels for the sake of being heels, but like. MJF, there's always like a logic to it that I love. Um, and I thought that uh I I do think symbolically it would have meant a lot if this was the main event and, and would have helped these guys. I will say, um, yeah, the story was all over the place. And and one thing that was was interesting to me was you had this whole Sammy story of the money, right? And will he decide or not decide to take the money that would have been so much more compelling if you announced the pregnancy shit in advance of that then now he's going to be a father and he really has to fucking have the dilemma of you know and mjf fucking brings that up and fucks with him about it i i think that could have been more interesting but it was weird because you know sammy was like the other heel in this, and then he did like this super baby face thing, dude. After I just don't know after like Pam if people were gonna be like super excited about a like M. Sammy. I still cheer it though in the moment, like yeah, know, like, maybe. I I agree that they don't it, look. It's like they don't love Sammy or Ty, but they're gonna give that baby a shot. No, I think you guys. Someone's gonna be baby. mad at the baby. They're gonna feel sad for that baby. Robert, how many times do you think that baby's gonna hear about Whataburger? Yeah, and I think that's that's the part of it that's the most interesting. Is baby's gotta see his mom's ass being fucking flaunted around? (laughs) Uh, If they would have revealed the pregnancy in advance, because Sammy's legit backstory of I was working at Subway, I was working at Whataburger, like this is this is my dream, and Max doing the whole look, this dream probably isn't going to work out and you have nothing to fall back on. Are you really going to let your kid be, you know, relying on you potentially failing versus take this money, take the easy win, set your family up, do the right thing, be a man. Then there's compelling drama. You didn't get that moment. You got it like in the middle of this match. And that would have been a story to tell. I think the match was good. Part of the problem that they are running into is because they have so much time to prepare these matches, they're over-preparing a little bit. And it's like the Danielson match, yes, they needed a long time to prepare for it. I feel like this felt a little bit more rehearsed and and laid out than it should have been. These guys are all talented, but the the worst part of it is I'm glad that three of them are going back to the mid-card. They didn't feel like main eventers. They felt like very talented guys in the upper mid card who'd be going after the Intercontinental title or whatever their equivalent is here. And now they can go back to doing that. I don't think they're going to stay in the main event. Here's another thing, too, about Max is like, dude, he didn't get over because of his matches. Yeah, he's a great wrestler. People think, you know, his match with Darby is great, but he's a really good wrestler. But the thing that stands out is that he's a bigger personality than everybody you know like it's like the rock it's like the rock didn't get over because he was a blue chipper he got over because he figured the rock character out early and mjf it was kind of it was kind of a similar it was a similar thing where it's like everybody loves this character and now because all tony cares about are six star matches he's like 
you know, and I guess somebody got an MJF's ear where it's like, well, you're not a real wrestler. And also, unless you're also like one of the top workers or the top worker of the world. Um, but I think you're getting away. They're not like they're getting away with what makes this guy getting away from what makes this guy truly special compared to almost anybody, you know, which is which is his character and his promos. And the sports entertainment of it, which nobody wants to hear. Well, we'll get to see how great a sports entertainer he is come January. Blackpool Combat Club, John Moxley, Claudio Castagnoli, Castagnoli, I always say that wrong, uh, and Wheeler, Utah, defeated the Elite, Kenny Omega, Matt Jackson, Dick Jackson, and Hangman Adam Page by pinfall. Wheeler, Utah actually got the pin, which uh, nobody saw that coming. Uh, and we, uh, and something we did see coming, Don Callis interfered with Takeshita, um, who I guess this was supposed to be a bigger deal than it. I don't fucking know, man. I mean, like, you know, like the problem with this, I was saying this to Nick, and the problem with this angle, with the Don Callis angle and the Blackpool angle, is that nobody cares. Now that Punk is coming back, we all want to know what's going to happen with the Elite and Punk. So, like, anything that they're doing before this right now just feels kind of like, you know, it 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 feels like they're doing, you know, they're finishing up the Dungeon of Doom when Scott Hall and Kevin Nash showed up. You know, like, that's kind of what it feels like to me. But, um, Scott, what do you think of this match? Oh, <sighs> all right. Well, I uh, I enjoyed the music initially, and then I didn't like it. And then I was glad the man in almost blackface got kicked uh, by the Bucks. <clears throat> He that was crazy, man. The, the blackface like literally took me out of it. I know it wasn't blackface, it was like a mask, but my god, it was like slipknotty, right? Or... <laughs> blackface, you know, it it's was... out of place. Yeah, man, it was you make everything uncomfortable. And so, you know, I'm going, okay, okay, whatever. But then once he got kicked in the face, I uh, I really loved it. I thought it was a lot of fun. There were some really, really cool moments. Um, I thought Moxley and Omega probably shine the most in terms of, like, work in the match. Um, and I think my issue with the ending is you you don't need to cover Takeshita. You know, you keep him his face covered because there are so many guys that wrestling fans want to see uh, get involved in this promotion. And so many guys that are about to get involved in this promotion. So when you have a guy take off a fucking mask and it's someone who already works there, you, you're shitting the bed because you got a pay-per-view with, a comp- with, an, with a, another company in a month. So you're going, oh, is it Osprey? Oh, is it someone from Kenny's past that he cares about? There are people in Kenny's past that could be interesting. Uh, I like the storyline of Takeshita. It just, that's not the surprise. It could have happened, but again, don't make it a reveal. We kind of knew he was going where Don was going anyway. Yeah, it's just tough with Don's promos, man, because he's not bad or anything, but it's just... Well, we're going to hear from him. Well, I guess everybody heard from him. I might might find a way to chime in or, like, release an extra episode. Maybe I'll do a Patreon uh, Dynamite. There you go. Because Tony Khan is making an announcement tomorrow. 
Oh yeah, I saw that. That's going to be about more I do have. I do want to close on. I do have our schedule for the rest of June. So yeah. Tony Khan keeps making announcements so that we can't end this show. <laughs> um, what do you think of this match, Mike? Was it as gory as you wanted it to be? No, half the people didn't even bleed. They didn't tear the ring up. You easily could have done the other match after. Uh, the ring was fine enough. Um, you know, uh, it was a mild thing. Um, it was just kind of there, you know, they don't, these, this kind of thing is hard to film, um, just based on how not well they filmed it. Like you're missing shit and suddenly someone's bleeding and like there were bits and pieces of moments. It's funny too, anarchy in the arena, the amount of this that took place in the ring it was a lot. <laughs> a lot of people in the ring all the time, and um, looked like the the explody goofy super kick, like that kind of shit was funny to me. Although Jarrett, like, probably really wishes he did it instead because it looked very Memphisy. Um, yeah. You know the 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 feet on the like yeah, there's individual spots in this, but it, it never congealed into. A great match and it's also it's just i don't feel comfortable watching moxley's fetishes like it just <laughs> it, it doesn't feel like wrestling it's just him doing the shit that turns him on and like <laughs> the fork and everything like the fact that he bleeds more than anyone else in an eight man like it's just this isn't about wrestling. This is just him wanting to do this thing, and yeah, he's done it so many times that it's not compelling. You already had him and Paige last time, and they even said like that was it. You know, they're like they they made that feel like the blow off of a feud, and now it's just continuing with fucking scrappy do Yuta. Just let me at him. I'll myrtleize him. It's just embarrassing. Uh, so the Keshta thing, it's just he's not on TV enough for it to matter to me and be that big of a, 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 a like a different thing. And it's also they made it seem like a surprise, but the whole time Callus was talking about how much he hates the elite. So then having a heel come out at the end for Callus was not shocking. And it's we the already idea had... that he would be a heel, which again, it's like he's with Callus. Like we knew it would eventually come to something. You know, the yeah. the real it... news is what Kenny said after the show, which is he got on the mic, you know, all hurt and stuff, and was like, "I think I have two friends from somewhere else. I, I think I have some friends from somewhere else that might be able to help me." Yeah. And it's like what Okada and Abushi, who he's not even in New Japan anymore. So uh, well, I think uh, Abushi's coming to AEW. Well, I know. But it's also so in terms of, so a, much of, of the New Japan stuff. show, how do you have Abushi there if he's not even in New Japan? If there's tension, if there is but tension, so much of this elite stuff and the bullet, like all of it, like I said, is hinting at these. Not even hinting, but you know, referencing other companies and all that. But none of the shit here is great <laughs> and you need to make this show great and just referencing shit it doesn't make something great sure sure you know and and now that you have even more guys from new japan in this company 
and right like all the um was it the cmll guys they can't fucking even be on forbidden door like what's the point Now, Mike, we explained it last year because CMLL is not a part of the Forbidden Door. The Forbidden Door <laughs> is is simply New Japan and AEW. It is the Scott, only door that is they're discussing. But those guys are also in AEW. Yes, but they're also in CMLL. If you give me $50, Scott, I will come to your house with a band in blackface and sing Go Ace. For thirty minutes. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, let me get to our Patreon. And oh, I'm, 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 I'm here too. I gotta. Oh, I'm sorry. All right, that's fine. It's... What's your, what's your opinion on this last match, Robert? I don't care. It was fucking awful. We can move on. <laughs> no. It was. It, it had an exploding shoe. Like, come on. Yeah, that was a fucking awesome. You guys are absolute losers. That an exploding shoe. Fucking brother walked. His feet had thumbtacks on him. There was okay. a driver on the back of a goddamn pickup truck. There was, yeah, there were weird spots that happened in, yep, a, in a goofy thing spots. that was supposed to be a, a blow off to an, and there was no blow off to anything. I think part of the problem that this show faced is it was the same weekend as Night of Champions, and the main event of Night of Champions did what this was trying to do, which was take a match, make it feel like a spectacle, and tell a bigger story. This just felt like, hey, you know, it'd be cool. What if we had one of those casino chips and on the back of it was more barbed wire? Didn't it didn't really it, none of it seemed to really matter. And Dan kind of summed it up at the beginning. This is just killing time until punk shows up. I mean, it's also human moments and like genuine emotion will always prevail over. Spectacle for the sake of spectacle. I mean, I, I'll just say it now my high spot of the fucking week, you know, the you know, was the Sammy in Saudi moment. This guy yeah. wasn't fucking allowed to be in there and he's speaking. I, I believe if I get it wrong, I'm sorry, but I believe he was speaking Arabic. And so, yeah. And the crowd was just so he was so fucking over and and that crowd is always called a dead crowd and not just the journalist, you know. And <laughs> he was so fucking massively over and they were invested and it felt like you know, and the, the videos of him and Mecca and all that, but but the payoff of him being there and you know like I'm sure there's fucking gross politics behind it or whatever, why he wasn't there and why he's allowed now, but it still was a, a bigger moment than anything here because it was about the human being also. And this was the payoff of what, a year and a half of waiting for the elite to reunite? Yeah, like, I mean, the, one of the big spots matter. in this, one of the big spots in this match was I don't actually need an eye patch. Well, folks, let's get to uh, some uh, show business here. Hey, that part ruled, too. Our Patreon, uh, there's nothing... This Dan, time. Scott, Dan's got shit to do. We, he's got to get past this. We, we... <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, any other uh, thoughts on uh, the Anarchy and the Arena match, fellas? Well, you should get bowling pin scores, baby. Oh, that's right. All right, I'll start off. I'm going to give it uh, 3.25. Mike? I am going to give it... Um... I'm gonna go two. 
Yeah, I, I do. Good three. I, I think I think this was their worst show. Um, Scott, it's out of what five, right? Mm-hmm. Three and a half. Robert, uh, two and a quarter. And Al Pacino is his girlfriend is pregnant. Oh my God! Him and De Niro are in competition. He's he's eighty two. Jesus. And his girlfriend, who's twenty nine, is pregnant. Uh, and uh, sure, his kids are thrilled about that. I'm sure they're uh, they're loading up their exploding sneakers right now. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I if they if they want any advice on how to live without your father, I'll give it to them. Well, folks, let's uh, let's get to our schedule. So this Monday we do not have a Patreon, but well, no, we might want to have a Patreon because we'll probably want to talk about Dynamite. So I'm sure at some point we'll throw something up there. All right. Well, I guess we're yeah. I'll 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 record something. All right. So Patreon, we're gonna like somebody, Scott and Robert, or Scott or me, Robert and Scott, or whatever somebody's gonna do dynamite. pretty much anybody but mike who's like nope i'm gonna go unless unless yeah. uh arn bites another dinosaur i'll I'm see definitely you in a talking months. dynamite hey, oh and also um i mean my high spot is obviously sammy i think that's got to be everybody so that that shit was so unbelievable that whole match was unbelievable in the yeah. ending but we talked about that on patreon this week uh so you know get the patreon you could hear us talk about that but uh dominion is also i think this sunday june 4th so Mm, no, no, I uh, I'll just talk about that next week. <laughs> but I will record a dynamite review for Patreon this weekend, so sign up for the Patreon. All right, folks. Um, so uh, as far as uh, so we've got the dynamite, and the week after that, June twelfth, we're going to be doing the roast of Dennis Rodman. That's our Patreon roast hey. in honor of the NBA Finals. Uh, probably uh, one of the cooler celebrities that's ever been involved in wrestling. On the 19th, uh, Money in the Bank 2011. That's the one CM Punk won, folks. So uh, we're going to be talking about that with Punk coming back into into, uh, into wrestling. And that's kind of what I have. I I was going to do for the 26th, watch the top five bloodiest matches. But I don't know if there's a list for that, is there? It's five John Moxley matches. (laughs) <laughs> top five bloodiest matches All right. I would love it if one of them is just a women's match <laughs> so like we have the next three Patreons that 126 is going to be open for right now because as I said and I'm like I don't want this June 9th the, next- the fabulous Moolah versus <laughs> Wendy Richter <laughs> no, no, this is a top 10 so it's a total effing marks meets tales from the indies next week um we're going to do saddest indie wrestling moments of all time. Um, I'm going to put a list together. I'm going to read it to you guys and you guys can just react to it. How's that sound? Dynamite. June 6th. Well, we'll also be talking about dynamite next week, June 16th. That's our June roast. And what I was thinking of, I was thinking of a bunch of different people, but I think we should do a roast of the first media scrum since this is coming back. So that means everybody's kind of like, a Steel, Young Bucks, Tony Khan, CM Punk, everybody, uh, Chris Jericho, everybody involved in, uh, you know, the Buffin Company, everybody involved in that scrum is fair is fair game for that roast. So um, we're going to have some fun there. Take June, that, Nick Hausman. 
June 23rd, uh, Forbidden Door predictions, and then June 30th, Money in the Bank predictions. So some fun stuff going up. Mike, you mentioned that your high spot was Sammy and Saudi. Do you have a low spot? Um, yeah, I think uh, my my low spot would be that Tony hasn't learned anything. <laughs> and I, I wish he did because the, the pieces are there. He just doesn't know how to make a puzzle. But, you know, um, I even feel bad giving the show it to because a lot of people, like, fucking put their bodies on the line and all that shit. Yeah. But it's just this 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 booking, uh, no bueno. No, uh, no bueno is right. Uh, Scott, high spot, low spot? Well, like I said, my high spot is definitely Sammy. Uh, that whole Saudi show is really good. My low spot. Uh, that's tough, man. I mean, I did like Double or Nothing. Um, but I, you know, I I thought it could have been better. So I guess that is my low spot. Double or Nothing could have and should have been um, better than it was. Yeah, it was definitely the weakest Double or Nothing ever, for sure. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, not even, not even close, so. I'm going to watch that last hour again. I'll tell you that much once this podcast is over. I may be watching. This is maybe my high. Maybe we should. You know what? Fuck it. We're going to do this for the last, you know, the 26th of June. We are going to be reviewing the 30 for 30 that just released on the American Gladiators. Nice. So that'll be fun. You know what? I just realized what my low spot is. I think that. You know, Dark Side of the Ring is is coming back this week. I, th- I think the the first episode is is this week. Who does Sunny have to kill to get her own fucking episode? <laughs> well, I think she's probably going to be part of the Candido one. That's this week. No, she is. It's it's them together. I think she deserved her own. She could get her own season. Yeah, she could. Yeah. Could have got. It could have just been, you know, like a like a like a. Um, a camera in her jail cell for court TV for the last like because you know or dash cam, yeah she's saying crazy shit during that. So, um, Robert, what do you got for high spot low spot this week? Uh, I, I agree with everyone else. Yeah, high spot was all the Sammy stuff uh, going to Mecca, getting to do the uh, the the moment at night of champions. Uh, other high spot will be getting to see Dan's show in Brooklyn and and seeing Scott. My low spot uh, is Will Osprey this week uh, said that uh, he doesn't want to leave New Japan and he has no intention of ever moving permanently to the United States, which rules out him getting uh, a full-time opportunity in WWE. And that's, uh, that sucks because I really want to see him, whether it's AEW or WWE, well, he, weekly on TV. stay there for a couple more years, you know, like... He said what he said today was that he he does not want to have to live in the U.S. full time. And that is a barrier of entry. That's what kept uh, Gunther out of WWE for a while was he didn't want to move here full time. Well, so, I think he had like a girlfriend in England or something. He you know? did. He had a girl he had a girlfriend uh, over in in uh, in Europe and he couldn't uh, he couldn't leave her. And thankfully, love did not conquer all. And we get Gunther, which is great. But uh I was hoping that Osprey, you know, was going to sign in either one of the companies in the next several months or so, and it looks like that's not going to uh, happen. He's, he's got to be looking at this Jay White shit and being like, "Well, I'm not going to fucking AEW, that's for sure." Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, Tony, how about you try to book Ozzy Open well? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe if you get Ozzy Open a good spot, I'll come over there. 
Um, yeah, my high spot, I get to see Robert and get to see Scott. I, I, I will be taping my special Thursday, June 1st. Tickets still available, 8 and 10 p.m. You can get them off my Instagram and the bio there. I also have them off my website. They're on my Twitter. It's on the Facebook group. Uh, I was posting it on Twitter as well, so it's it's you, you, you can't miss it. Yeah, Wait, please. Coming out, though, are we posting this early? Uh, yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're, we're gonna post we'll this early. To post it uh, tomorrow. We'll yeah. meet. No, no one, no one has made me laugh live more than Dan has doing stand up. Yeah, he, and some he, of those times where he stand up. I saw of Dan's was one of my favorite sets. Period, man. So, well, yeah. thank you. Well, one of my, uh, you know, and some of those times I wasn't on stage. I was just crying in the bathroom of an Arby's. So, yeah. Here, here's the thing: if it goes great, you're in for a treat. If it goes terribly, you're in for a treat. <laughs> Dan stand-up is the Sabu run-ins of comedy. Yeah, it's either uh it's either wow, that was a great set, or like, oh wow, I can't they really shouldn't let him up there. <laughs> the, the important thing is you will remember it even if he doesn't. Uh no, I'm uh will be squeaky as uh, sober as a squeaky wheel for wait, that's next. Yeah, one. man. At least for the eight o'clock. At least for the eight yeah. o'clock. If you see Dan set and you love him, uh, do not buy him a drink. <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna be. I don't think anybody's gonna be buying me any fucking drinks of this thing. Uh, but yeah, come check it out. Uh, I don't really have Wait, a. Low you're spot. really selling this like Tony Khan here. You're doing no, great. No, no, no. I, I mean, like you know, I, I think there's enough people that know me that wouldn't do that. That's what I meant. Uh, high spot and low spot. Um, yeah, I mean, a high spot. You know, again, seeing Robert. I also thought the Saudi show was really good. As far as low spot, I mean, look, man, it's just general fatigue in wrestling, I guess. Like, um, you know, like, even like, you know, there's some things that, like, I see that I know I'm not even going to cover on the show, but I'm just like, I've just said, I've just been around so much wrestling the past couple of years doing the show that, like, there was a clip of, like, Baron Corbin showing up to NXT, and I'm like, oh, am I going to have to cover this shit? You know, like, just... I just watch too much wrestling. So uh, that's it. Um, but I'm looking forward to American Gladiators. I'm going to watch that after this. So. Is there new American Gladiators or you're just watching no. the old ones? No, there's a 30 for 30 on it on ESPN. Oh, fuck. Yeah, dude. Yeah. That's what we're doing for podcasts. Yeah, they're, they're, they interviewed fucking Gemini and all those guys. <laughs> nice. Yeah, you Turbo. I know, yeah, what, sure. I, know, yeah, I know what Mike's doing tonight, too. So. Man, it would just be nice to see a documentary with guys on steroids that lived. <laughs> yeah, well, I think there's going to be plenty of ones that didn't. So, <laughs> yeah. folks, uh, wash your hands. It's never goodbye. And uh, Hulkamania never die. Oh, well, this is one actually. This is actually a fun thing to talk about right before we leave. There's been rumors that Hogan's going to have another match. And the rumor, the rumor is that it's going to be Hogan and Shane at 40. I don't know who started this rumor whether it was Hogan, but I don't think I've wanted, I want that match to happen way more than Rock and Roman. Hogan and Shane, like, I want that to be the last match I see of those guys. Yeah, who's going to have a leg drop first? <laughs> I don't know, but can you just imagine that, like, what a match at WrestleMania 40 in Philadelphia between Hulk Hogan and Shane McMahon would look like? Dude, it's gonna be Shane gets him in a headlock and just screams, "I'm the oldest boy! I'm the, I'm oldest, the oldest boy!" boy. Yeah, he's gonna say, "I'm the eldest boy." That's it. <laughs> All right. Until then, folks, wash your hands.